1: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget,
2: mm, mm, mm. visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be: convenient, comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs, and I'm Lexi Bubio. And every week, we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and. Risk takers.
2: We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business.
0: Okay, Caviar Dreamers, we're back. We have an amazing guest today. Just wrote a book called Wise Girl. Her name's Elise DeLucci. Hi, Elise. Hi. Hi, Elise. Okay, wait. First, I just (laughs) want to say, and I'll crack it up because she's from Staten Island. Yeah. And she has a very Staten Island accent, which is very unique to the rest of the world. Right, Elise? Totally unique. I was born in Brooklyn, grew up in Staten Island.
1: I don't know why this is such a horrible thing. This no, voice. No, I no, mean, no, but no, but everybody, no. But everybody, it's, everybody's like, where did you come from? And, <laughs> and I'm it's very like, unique. like, what?
0: Wait, and you've wrote, wait, my little microphone's going all over. But I just think it's funny. She just wrote a book. And that's why I love having her here, because I love what it says. Wise girl, how the mafia taught me to succeed on Wall Street and in comedy. So I just I'm going to flash the book, even though I don't always use our video. It's so great. I love the cover. Thank you. You look great. Elise is wearing leopard. So she could be from New Jersey because I think that's. Well, let me tell you. So this I couldn't find anything to wear. This dress is
1: my grandmother's. From the 1960s. I love it. She lived in Brooklyn her whole life and she just had a fire. And she said, I got to get rid of all my clothes. You want to come over, pick out what you want. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a couple things. And how fabulous is this leopard dress? I love it. I love it. It
0: looks brand new. I love leopard. Thank you. And I like a vintage. And with the leopard espadrilles. Fabulous. Thank you. you. Leopard
2: is a neutral in Staten Island. It is. Except on Wall Street.
1: It's considered not a color. So that's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem. I know. And
0: you Listen. You're a comedian. I think you've probably been a comedian your whole life. You probably didn't realize it. But you also worked on Wall Street.
1: Yes. So I had a crazy life, right? Like for 18 years, I had a big job on Wall Street. I worked in the corporate world. And then I had corporate burnout. And I just was like, oh, my God, like, I can't do this anymore. I didn't know what my life was like. I was working 12, 14 hour days. And eventually I started stand up comedy. But sort of to go back is, you know, born in Brooklyn, grew up in Staten Island Middle class blue collar family, you know, mother a nurse, father a truck driver, and you know, we lived in a semi attached house in Staten Island, gray Monte Carlo parked in the driveway, <laughs> you know, the whole thing. And everybody in my family, you know, everybody went to college, and they encouraged me to go to college and stuff. And you know, I I I did that, but I I I knew deep down, like I kind of wanted to get out of the neighborhood. You know, I wanted something different. I was very proud of my family and what they've done and my parents, their jobs. But I was just like, I really want to have a different kind of life. So I went to St. John's. And I found myself working in the corporate world on Wall Street. And yeah, well,
0: did the, did the family realize were you funny as a child? Did did you realize were, were people laughing? Did they think you were cute? Did they find you entertaining? Because you walked in here, I was like, I'm dying for her. I think she's adorable, funny, hysterical. Oh my God, you're, you're like so a sweet. real character. You're so sweet. Did
1: they? you know, I was like, you know, like showgirl growing up. First of all, my favorite movie was Gypsy. I don't know if you know Gypsy. Yeah, oh. oh. of course we love Gypsy. Of course. Like is Miss Mazepa? She does. Did she not kill? that whole thing. Amazing. And then the other one was Funny Girl. You know, I love, I just Barbara. Watched Funny
0: Girl recently. The best. So Laying I, on the sofa watching it. Barbara. I, you know, growing up in Staten
1: Island, like all the kids were playing out in the street, kickball, manhunt, whatever. And I was like in the, the den, you know, watching these ridiculous old movies. So I was always a performer. People thought I think I was entertaining, but I, I didn't really, you know, nobody really said, oh, you should get into show business or anything like that. My voice was always a thing, but it wasn't something that I was proud of when I was a kid. You know,
0: they were like well, I was bullied for my voice, you know, so it you, was like you had like a little I mean, I have like a, a very old lady Jewish. Voice yes, yes. My whole you life. do. But you, too, have like yes. a little granny voice.
1: So when I was a kid, like the kids they, on the block, they called me froggy. You know, they were just <laughs> like, oh, like and so, you know, it was funny because I'm a comic, you know, but. Growing up, I never really wanted to talk a lot, you know, like around friends. I'd always kind of keep quiet because it was, you know, a thing. But isn't it funny that the thing that you that was your you're your like a uh, thing that you were bullied with or winds up becoming your superpower? Isn't it's that true? Isn't yes, always... everybody
0: recognizes me by my voice? I pull up mm-hmm. at the Starbucks people are like Marge, is that you? People really? Because I look different all the time. So people will say to me, they recognize me by my voice. I recognize you from that voice. And your voice will carry you. You, yes. It's very recognizable. Thank you. Well, let and me tell lo- you something. And I love it.
1: Thank you. Well, when I worked in the corporate world, sorry, so I was 18 years on Wall Street, you know, b- b- working at a bunch of firms the last company I was at, they gave me voice neutralization classes.
0: <laughs> Wait, I didn't know that's,
1: that's a thing. A thing? I su- I, oh, yeah, elocution lessons. They did oh. it back in the day. You know, like my grandmother, she was born in 1930. So she'll say to me, I had elocution lessons, you know, but that was back in like the 40s, late 40s, 50s, whatever. It's not really that common. But if you work in the corporate world and you have a Southern drawer, you have a New York accent, you will, depending on your level, you know, in the company, they will give you voice lessons. So, you know, one day I was in a meeting. And then the next day, I'm in a studio in Midtown Manhattan with an 80-year-old aristocrat learning how to pronounce coffee.
0: Okay. Oh, <laughs> could you by do the it? way, I think this is good. I think we should bring you on my show, Housewives of New Jersey. It's not my show. I think you could give some of those lessons. Oh, my God. Let's, let's practice that. How did you have to say coffee? Coffee. So basically,
1: coffee. I would have to drop my register and talk slow. So if I said, what are you girls doing later? I would say, what are you girls doing later? You know, and everything was slow and deliberate. It was a
2: horror. I couldn't even be myself at work. I mean, can you imagine? It oh was my God. I feel that's like, hey, like I a, the opposite of this. Like, first of all, calling it voice neutralization, that's like, I don't know. Like, you should that's be like cutting your dick off. Like, yeah, that's like <laughs> that's like neutering someone. someone. I don't like that at all. But I had the opposite, because I moved here yeah. from England, obviously. Like would go into the bagel store and be like, Hello. I would like and the guy next like right in my face. So so I learned to be like, I'll have a peanut butter bagel, you know, like to fit in to fit in. So I assimilated the other way, Mm. but. Yes, but in the corporate world,
1: I felt like everybody had a different pedigree than I. Right? Everybody had a different upbringing. Everybody was, you know, from Greenwich, Connecticut, Alpine, New Jersey. You know, raised in the, with the best of the best. Who went to Dartmouth? Who who went to Yale? You know, and they were like, "What? Where are you from?" And I'm like, "New York." Like, you know, it's <laughs> like, 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 what do you want from it? You know what I'm saying? Like it was, but it, it wound up working in my favor because I was able to use my street smarts to get ahead at work. You know? Yes. yes. And that's that's kind of why I wrote this book, Wise Girl. It was like all the things my big, loud Italian family taught me, all the street smarts, all that family advice. And, you know, you use that to get ahead. It's always the people with the street smarts that I feel like are always the most successful, in
0: my opinion. I agree right? with you. I think street smarts outweigh book smarts a Agreed. lot of times. Or if you're able to read a room.
2: Read in a room is the most is important a, Is the most
0: important thing in life. Yeah. And, and you're you know, able if you, to know, read the room. And if you grow up, you
2: know,
1: like in New York or you maybe you're, you're in a blue collar environment or I mean, whatever your socioeconomic, you know, if you're in a lower sort of bracket like I was, you know, you got to push you around. You know, I grew up with a bunch of loud people in my family. I had to scream if I wanted to get heard. And the same thing in the corporate world, you know, so it wound up working in my favor. And but, yeah, you know, the voices thing. And let me tell you, aside from the voice neutralization, they also gave me a personal shopper. I had a personal shopper at Brooks Brothers.
0: Wow. They gave you a personal yeah. shopper. Well, yeah,
1: because leopard's not a color.
0: So would you show up in outfits and people are like, at least. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, they did. It was. See, it was very passive aggressive. you know,
1: like my first day work. I'll never forget. I was wearing a, a fitted leopard shift dress. I thought it was fabulous. <laughs> like it was Anne Klein from TJ Maxx. I mean, yes. Yeah. A yes. You know, little thin belt, you yes. know, like a little wedge. How was the hair? How was the hair? It was it was like how it is now. It's fluffy with a bouffant, you a know, fluffy. What I mean? bouffant. Yeah, yeah, like okay, the I eyeliner, always a natural lip. You know, I didn't want to go crazy with the red, a stud earring, you know, a nice demure bracelet. I thought I looked wonderful. And then, you know, I'm walking around and I get to my desk and there was a little blue Bag, right? And inside the bag was a little blue gift card and it says, you know, welcome to the company. This is your personal shopper. We had a Brooks Brothers downstairs in our office, you know, come meet Sarah, whatever. And I
0: went. I <laughs> Were went, they paying for your outfits or no?
1: They gave me a very steep discount. Oh, beautiful! Oh. Very steep discount. But I mean, do I want a discount to Brooks Brothers? No offense, no. Brooks Brothers. But you know, it's like it's a deal for you. you know, it's, not it's not for, for you. me. So I, I, I went down to the store. Next thing I know, I have like three thousand dollars worth of like clothes. I looked like a tennis instructor. You know, I was like,
2: <laughs> you no,
0: know, it was really
1: horrible. But you know, eventually, I, I realized I had to dress and talk the part if I wanted to sort of navigate my way through when in Rome, when in Rome. But the thing is, right, much is like and like if you get to a certain point and you're making the money and you're successful, you one day I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I'm like, what the hell is my life? Like I'm working 12 to 14 hour days. I'm at the top of the organization. I was the head of digital strategy. And, you know, I'm having lunch in New York, dinner in Montreal. I'd come home to my British husband, my two little baby, gorgeous girls. And I'm looking at my wardrobe and I'm just like, my life is a living comedy. I'm literally pretending to be somebody else in it, the world. That,
0: that wasn't you. you it was yeah, not me. comfortable in your own skin. No,
1: I would come home. I would strip. I'd put hot rollers in my hair, you know, my leopard furry robe. And then I was totally like at peace. But and that's when I just realized, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm just going to, you know, try to do stand up. And I did. And that was the end of that. But
0: how long ago was that, Elise? Seven years ago. Wow. Seven, seven years, years ago. ago. That yeah. was a big deal. So we, we was your family like, Elise, you're making a shitload of money. This is what we prayed for. You're the the—you're the pinnacle of our family of success. And now you're packing your fucking shit up. What'd they say?
1: They thought I was nuts. My mother's like, first of all, I don't want you going on stage and being an embarrassment to the family. I'm just like, really? <laughs> I'm like, Ma, like what's so big? Like, you know, I don't even, my, I'm a clean comic, right? So when I go on stage and I do my act, I talk about being a fish out of water, living on the Upper East Side with the British kids, with the British accent and the husband. You know, I talk about the corporate career. I talk about the big Italian family. I talk about my father, who was an unsuccessful mobster. You know, yes. all this stuff,
0: right? But unsuccessful, uh, why? No heads in the refrigerator. Just no anything.
1: heads. Just you know, wanted to be connected, but was very unconnected. You know what <laughs> yes, I'm saying? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And that's why the title I have the title of the book. You know, he always wanted to be a wise guy, but he wound up with a wise girl. You know, like cute. adorable. Yeah. But but my mother was so embarrassed about me doing stand up, and my grandmother they hated it. They just couldn't wrap their head around. Why would you have air quotes at all and want to risk everything to go find yourself or do your passion? And I said to my mother, I'll never forget. I said, Ma, I followed all the steps in life, right? Like, you know, college check, marriage check, career check, children. check, And the one person I wasn't taking care of was myself. You know, I wasn't happy. The money doesn't buy you happiness. No, no. So, you know, and you only sometimes realize that once you're kind of like, comfortable with where you are in life, in my opinion. You know, I had I had the money. I could buy whatever. I owned my apartment, you know, and I was just like, why am I still not happy? Like, what's the problem? And then when I started doing stand up, I realized, oh, my God, I just needed to be myself all this time. And that's when I was going to find happiness.
2: How was your first stand up? Because to me, that is the bravest thing anyone could do. It's like being your full naked self. Yeah. Waiting for people to give you a reaction.
1: So my husband and I started to have problems in our marriage. And the reason why we had problems, not only did we have cultural problems, you know, because the British and the Italian, we also had problems like in the bedroom. We had problems just like with my work schedule. He was so angry that I was working so much. And, you know, and I was the primary breadwinner of the family. It was a lot of pressure on me. And one night we had a fight and it was like 1130 at night. And I just was like, F this, I've had enough. And I just grabbed clothes, put on whatever. And I ran down to the improv theater because a friend of a friend, you know, said, oh, we do an open mic at midnight in the attic of the People's Improv Theater downtown in the Gramercy, I think it was, Gramercy area. And I did it. I just went on. I did this five minute.
0: You were like Mrs. Maisel. I yes, yes Mrs. Very, I very, very like, marvelous, Mrs. 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 Maisel. Very like, much. That's what like, she yeah. did. Had a fight with the husband and, ran left, out. and left.
1: Very much like that. Except I didn't like do the booze. I think she was like drinking and that. Like I just, yeah. I just went and I was just this mad lady, like on, on in the <laughs> attic on a stage, you know, and 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 everybody laughed and that was it. I was like, oh. Now I'm going to really work at this. And and I did. And, you know, when I started going to open mics, you know, I'd sneak out of work. I'd go to an open mic at three o'clock, five o'clock. You know, it was it, and that then, you know, and then I got lucky. And during the pandemic, I went viral a lot and da, 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 you know? So, yeah.
0: Wow. Fantastic. I'm a little obsessed with this story. Now, tell me. I want to just talk about your husband one second, the, the, the former Mr. DeLucci, I'm going to call him. Okay, And DeLucci is not even your real last name that you grew up with. No,
1: Delucci's not. I, so my I have a my maiden name is DePiri. Right. And the reason why I changed my name from DePiri to DeLucci is because which DeLucci is a family name. but The reason why I changed the name was because I just didn't want to go on stage, you know, and have people find out in my nine to five job, you know? And my mother was like, you better change your names. Take this family name, go to." And, and I never expected to have success. Like, it was just one of the, you know, it's kind of like oh, yeah. if you, you know, like you just like throw on a schmata and go out of the house and all of a sudden you meet your husband. Like that was yes, exactly, exactly what was like, <laughs> you know? And yeah, no, he, but that, so my maiden name is Depiri and then my married name is very British. I'll, I won't say that name, but mm-hmm. yes, I met my my British husband at my first job, my first job. When and I was, he was
0: on Wall Street as well. Yes. And he was like, I got to get me a piece of this Staten Island Italian girl.
1: He loved it. He, he loved it. It was he, so different. So different. He's from England, but he was raised in Wales Mm -hmm. and a little tiny village in Wales. Like it's like the
0: first time eating a meatball,
1: like literally like he had in his village in Wales. There's a pub, a post office and I think like a a barbershop, you know, like that's that's all there is. Yeah. I mean, people drive their horses to the pub. I, you know, so meeting someone like me that was, you know, glitter and diamonds and, you know, wall to wall leopard. He was just like, I love it. What is this girl? (laughs) I, I mean, I feel the same way right now. I just love her. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we met and, you know, we were friends and and then, you know, and then obviously we got together and he's he's wonderful. Unfortunately, we're divorced. But, you know, he's he's a charming British man. He's the best father to my two kids. So it's literally. Uh, now I got tell so me lucky. what happened
0: when his parents met you.
1: Oh, my God. They were horrified. Like
0: <laughs> I, they came to
1: New York. They are world travelers, these people. First of all, their father was retired and he was an international walk leader. That was his hobby job after he retired from his his regular job. So basically what he did was he went around the world and he gave guided walks. Like in places wow. like Bangladesh and, and very wow. interesting very interesting way. Wow. Wow. Mother grew up on a dairy farm, was a tomboy, you know. So they they would come to New York a lot, right? So they came to New York and, you know, there is Paul, my ex, and he uh You know, he introduces to his parents, to me, you know, his new girlfriend. And they were like, oh, you know, and and it was more like, oh, she she's lovely, you know. And (laughs) and, and, and I think they thought it was a phase. And it wasn't until we got engaged and flew to Wales with, you know, with the ring on and the whole thing. And they they were shocked like the mother was actively trying to, you know, like cause a wedge. I remember (sighs) being in the house and she was like. Oh, at least let me see your diamond. And, you know, I showed her. to Oh, Southwell women don't need diamonds to make them happy. And I was just like, what horror are you? Like saying like, you know, like she was so trying to push me out in like a really obvious passive aggressive way. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that. I didn't feel welcomed, but eventually we got over it. But I wasn't there. Tell me about the wedding. Oh God. The wedding I Was had Was it at, like
0: a big Italian wedding? Of course. Well, I tried to be classy
1: about it. I for, you know, we booked the wedding at the Yale Club in New, New York City. I know the Yale yeah. Club. I love Beautiful. the Yale Club.
0: That is very sophisticated. Beautiful. Very Beautiful. sophisticated.
1: Loved it. And then when we were just maybe like six months out from the wedding, we started to book, you know, the DJ and da da. da. And the Yale Club said you have to use this list of approved vendors. And my yeah, family they're, they're was all. like, what? You can't use Joey G's, you know, like DJ service. <laughs> they were so mad. And so my grandmother was like, that's it. We're canceling this. Wedding. So I had to cancel the wedding. And I said to my grandmother, you want to know what? You plan it. So she planned my wedding same day and everything at El Carib in Brooklyn. It's a Italian-American country club. I, I don't even. It was garlic and sausage hanging from the ceiling at the cocktail hour. You know, I love it. It was 100 really Italians, 20 Brits. And I, I, it was, it was, it was wild. It was wild. They had no idea. They didn't know why there was smoke in the room. They didn't know why there was a light show. Ice sculptures. You came out of the floor. I, I, yeah, practically. No, that's
0: at uh, a Russo's. Yeah, we went to Russo's on, yeah, read, we so so to bad Russo's on the bay. I've been to weddings <laughs> at Russo's I, on the bay, People coming up out of the floor. I said to my
1: grandmother, if you're going to plan it, can we do it at Russo's? And she's like, we're going to do it at El Carib. I know the owner. I'm like, all right, fine. But, you know, like the British people were so funny at the wedding. Like they came to the, co- they were in the cocktail hour. I remember. And, uh, you know, everybody was filling up plates with stuff. And they thought that was the meal.
2: Yeah, we would. Yes. So after that was over and, you know, they went into the next room. They were like, there's more food, you know? Yes. It's very different. Now, first of all, the diamond thing, I'm blaming on the Welsh. Because no English girl would refuse a good diamond. Right. That's the fucking Welsh shit. That's not for us. Like, my family would be like, get the better diamond. But (laughs) English people. And so my ex-husband, is Italian. We have literally, like, the roles reversed. Oh, my God. Is he from New York? Is he from uh, He's uh, New York, American, Long Island. Mm-hmm. His mom is off the boat from Italy, but I'll never forget, like, when my family first met his family, and they were just like, we need noise protectors. Like, yeah. why is everyone talking so loud? Is everyone, like... They thought everyone was fighting all the time. I'm like, no, this is, like, regular conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, they couldn't get used to it, because they're pretty... They're not
0: reserved. Would you say my family? No, is, I don't think your family is reserved. They're, misbehaviors but they're just, Yes, but I feel like they're just not At loud. a different decibel. Yeah, different decibel. I even speak very loud.
2: Yes, and they're just like at a lower tone. Yeah. So they were in shell shock when I met Brian, and they were like, holy shit, like what is going on here? They Did they like understand. it though? Yes. Yeah, they, no, look, yeah. 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 Well, we're divorced. So yeah. we're getting divorced. So again, it, like cultural differences maybe in our marriage were an issue at times. But I feel like I'm a very adaptive person. You I are. Think, you, you are. Know, your
0: your accent is British mixed with New Jersey now a little it's bit. It's a bit of a mess now. It's a, but it's a combo. Yeah. So so Elise. So so are your husband and you had lived on the Upper East Side?
1: Lived on. We live on the Upper East Side. We both, we, you know, we co-parent, so we only live a few blocks away. But yes, we, we, you know, bought our apartment on the Upper East Side. You know, had our children raised, raised, raising our girls there. But yeah, you know, it was he. He fit in perfectly on the Upper East Side. You know, you know, we live in a building where you know you have you know how Manhattan is. It's ridiculous, and you need to apply. You know, to to live in the building, even though you're buying, it's like what well, my money's not good enough. You know, like yes, now we need yes, to have an yes, interview. Yes, yes, they loved him. Every you know, they loved him and. It was me they had a problem with. But, you know, yes,
0: yeah, so we we live. Yeah, we lived on the upper side when we married. We still live there. And it's, you know. So tell me about now your comedy career. So over the last seven years, it's taken off.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So where are you performing? What's going on? Because listen, now that you made this your full time. So you live off of this. Yeah. You made your dream come true. Yeah. yeah. Your parents must be so proud.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'll plead the fifth on that one. You know, yes. <laughs> anything where I'm talking publicly, they're like, you know, they're, they're cringing. That's the funny thing about Italians. You know, they talk a lot, you know, they're loud or whatever. But the second you get into public, you know, they 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 like freeze up. They freak out. They don't want the family business out. But yeah, so my comedy career, it's, you know, I started doing little open, mic, you know, seven years ago, just doing a little open mic, trying to craft a set. It took me five Five years, I would say, a good five years to get like an hour of of a real solid A material. You know, it takes a long time to to get good at stand up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, started doing the open mics, you know, doing little shows in New York, would go to L.A., you know, do the clubs in L.A. And then, you know, some of the bigger comedians started to take me under their wing. One of them, Vic D. He's very funny. He's from Manalpa, New Jersey. Shout out to Vic. He took me on as his opener. You know, so there we were. We were in the hard rock Atlantic City, you know, performing for 5,000 people, you know, and then people started to, you know, know my name and whatever. But it was really, I think, how I became more, I don't want to say known, but, you know, be- I, it became a thing was during the pandemic pandemic. pandemic, when the stages and clubs, every theaters were shuttered all of us stand-up comedians took to TikTok or whatever. So my younger sister, Gabrielle, was like, do a TikTok, do a TikTok, you know, in 2020. I was like, Ma, what's a TikTok? No. And then I did it because I was so, like, I had so angsty. I was like, I need to get out. I need to, like, get my words out, you know. And and I was in the Hamptons with my kids because, you know, because they're like, we want to go to the Hamptons to see our <laughs> friends. And I was just like, really? Like, what's the matter with Belmont? You know? Yes. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so we are in the Hamptons and we're on the beach in East Hampton and my <clears throat> girls were driving me crazy. They wanted me to buy them these red trousers they saw in a store. They wanted a crumpet for breakfast. The whole thing was ridiculous. (gasps) love a crumpet. And I was so angry that I got on my phone. I downloaded the TikTok app and I did this video, right, of like just me ranting about these kids. And it went crazy viral, like two million views. And then that was it. And then people were like, wait, she's a comic. She's this, she's that. And then, yeah, and then sort of the rest was history. I just kept doing the online thing, you know, and then when the world opens up, I got back on stage and I'm not currently on tour. I'm just doing small spots around the city. Hopefully that's to come. I was focusing on the book, but yeah, that's that's pretty much how that when happened. When did the book come out? It's coming out April 14th.
0: Oh, April 14th. Yeah. Okay, so I'm so excited. It's out now. Where are people going to buy online? They can buy it online at Amazon
1: dot com, Barnes and Noble dot com, you know, where they could go to my website, Elise DeLucci. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's how did the exciting. family feel about the book? Because obviously the book is a deep dive into your whole life. So the book is set up. The book is set up. Half of the book is a memoir. And then the other half are rules. So the first half, the memoir is, you know, about stuff I went through, you know, my family, you know, from when I was a little girl growing up in Staten Island to like drama with my father, my parents divorced, that sort of thing and then it starts talking about how i got into the corporate world and then the second half of the book is all of the lessons and rules my family taught me right like you know these people are not your friends you know they'd always tell me or they would say you know always you know dress the part you know always like you know you know keep, you know keep your eye out keep a watchful eye and so i <laughs> Ridiculous. And so I basically use those rules to succeed in Wall Street. So I outline the rules and I tell how I tell the story of where they came from. And then I give a work example of how I used it to sort of overcome that. So it's part memoir, part rule book. The memoir part, they're proud of me. But again, Italian people don't want their business out there. So right now, my mother's actually not talking to me because the book came out and she was like, you know, on Kindle first and she read a little snippet and she was like, are you kidding me with this? You know, and I'm just like, mom, well, <laughs> like, you'll we get ch- over it. Do we change the names to protect the guilt? Of course. I did the same. You did that. All the names are changed. And, you know, a lot of the stuff is watered down. It's based on a true story. It's true. But I could have put a lot more in there. You know what I'm saying? I said the same thing. You know, I, listen. I love my mom. I love my family. I would never do anything to hurt them, mm-hmm. to air quotes out them. But at the end of the day, everybody has their experience and their truth and their, you know, not to sound so California, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, <laughs> this is my journey. And it's like that, you know, so it's like, this is my story, you know? And I, I, I and this is, this is, this is my life. So I, I I told it in the first half of the book and it's, it's wild, you know, it's wild.
0: I know, what would grown up Elise, because you're grown up Elise now, tell little girl Elise.
1: Grown-up Elise what advice? would tell little girl Elise to just keep your eye on the prize and to not let anybody deter you. You know, there's always going to be people in life that say, you can't do it. You know, oh, that's not for you. Or, oh, you should do this in life. Oh, you should wear that. Oh, you should say this. And you know what? It's like, pfft, the more people say that stuff to you, the more I think you should do the opposite. You know, I think yeah. that the, I think when you grow up like, you know, with a, a funny sounding voice, you know, or if you're awkward or, you know, whatever, whatever your little quirk is, right? You you start to second guess yourself as a kid. And I wish that I, as a little girl, had somebody to say, you know, you're fabulous. You know, you're going to be successful no matter what you do, you know, like, and it could be, you're going to be the best teacher in the world. You're going to be the best, you know, corporate executive, you're going to be the best stand up. You know, I think that that kind of support is what I would tell my younger self. How about you? What would you tell your younger self?
0: I say that that, you know, it's going to work out. And also, you know, because listen, I think growing up, I was a little more nervous the way I grew up with my mother. I didn't realize it, but I was always taking care of someone else mm. because my mother and I are 20 years apart. So I said, it's just like, you know, that it'll all work out. You know, don't sweat the small stuff, because I, I think I was concerned about other things and just be your authentic self. Very similar Thing. But my mother did, the one thing she did do was champion me mm-hmm. and say I could be whatever I wanted to be. I did, I think I did have a lot of confidence because I managed to do a lot and take care of a lot of stuff. So the one thing is she did give me good self-esteem mm-hmm. because she knew I could probably handle and do anything. But I think that's what I think I would tell my younger self is just like, it'll all be OK. Right. Yeah. You know, th- there's always a new day the next day, because I always felt like the world was going to fall out from under me at certain times. And it, and it doesn't. Yeah. And I think a lot of little kids think that a lot of people think that and I think that's important to say is like it'll it'll all be okay. I think you have to be able to take a deep breath. Because when you're when you're a young child or a little girl or you think it's everything's the end of the world. Yes. And, and it's not because yeah. everybody's having those moments. Yeah. And everybody's going through it.
1: Yeah. And you know, my mother too, she had me at I think twenty-one or twenty-two. The same thing, twenty. And you know, it, that's hard when your 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 mom has you so young. I mean, it wasn't so young back no, then. No, it was yeah. common. But but my mother I think felt like you know she like when she had me she she you know she didn't go to school you know she went to school when i was already born and she you know became a nurse like as the years went on but um you know she she felt i think like she she didn't get to like live her full potential in in a lot of ways you know i think that that like i same thing sometimes you know there's mom. there's that thing that goes on when you have they have you young but same with the not working out because see, my father owned a trucking company in red hook brooklyn and it was a, he's dead so doesn't matter but he, you know he, it was a cash business and after i would say i maybe i was like 15 years old my fa- my mom found out like my father was having this like affair like their whole marriage she found out that the, it was you know there was the cash business it, maybe it was a little fugazi you know the whole thing mm-hmm. and she so my mother was like very like you go to college, you get a job, you get your insurance, you know, you maybe you join a union, you know what I'm yes, saying, you get yes. your benefits and i was like ugh i couldn't think of anything worse and she was like you're not going to be a starving artist so i mean yes, the same thing. My mother was like, you know, she wanted i think me to have like security. You know what i'm saying as opposed to just be like, ah, yeah, go be a stand-up comedian if that's what you want. No, yeah.
0: exactly. I think my mother was just so for lack of a better word, I was the one who was more like, this is what you do because she was so flaky. She had a great job and she was had an amazing work ethic. But I knew it was like, I have to go to college because she, she had a good job. And I was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to start yes. a business. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to have... You know, my mother picked bad men. I'm like, I'm not going to pick a bad guy. I'm going to do this. You know, it's like I saw stuff I didn't like. So I went a different path. Yes. And, you
1: know, in my case, like I had an aunt, my mother's sister. She's my godmother. She went her own path as well. Like she didn't, you know, she not, she joined the workforce. She worked for one of big fancy bank, you know, worked in mutual funds. And she lived in an apartment on the Upper East Side. And I remember being at her apartment at like eight years old, right? Because I was spent a lot of time with her. She didn't have kids. At that There's time. your mother's
0: sister or your father's sister? My
1: mother's sister. Okay. And you know, I would spend the weekends with her. And by the way, I call her auntie because she was living in London for work when I was born. So she insists on being called auntie. So I'm at my auntie's house. And you know, I remember standing in her closet and seeing all these big shoulder padded power suits, her little collection of Salvatore Ferragamo Varinas, you know, the little ballet slippers. And I remember just being like, oh my God, she lives such a fabulous life. Like, are you hiring? I want in. You know, I remember yes. thinking that at like eight years old. And I started to like mimic what my aunt did. You know, anything my aunt did, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So I was, you know, the same. I, I, I grew to be the same. Like I was like, I'm going to go to school. I'm gonna get a job in the corporate world. I'm gonna travel a lot around the world like my auntie. I'm gonna have the collection of Salvatore Ferragamo varenas. I'm gonna live on the Upper East Side. Like I, I, I basically like mirrored her life, you know. And yeah, I think like you know it's important to have someone either encouraging you, building up your self esteem, or someone that you could see their their life and say, "I want to do that." You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like everybody needs somebody to build them up.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's so important, especially mm-hmm. you know for moms out there who are listening now. It's just like champion your kids or champion other people because don't shoot people down
2: no oh my god Ingrid my mother was like do whatever you want to do go for it like but sometimes I wish you would have said to me maybe don't go for that like maybe that was a bit too fucking far like you shot your load a bit early on that one like I've made so many mistakes but that's okay I mean I'm here now making more mistakes and keeping going through the mistakes but you know because my mom seemed like had me at 24 so and was the oldest of five kids so it always shared a bedroom her whole life yes so she very much was like go for it like pave your way you know I'll never forget she always says to me as a little girl you know you could be a lesbian and I was like you know I I really like boys and she's like no I think you should be a lesbian you know because she had issues in a marriage and she was like you know Men are very difficult. Be a lesbian. Yeah. And I always remember that being kind of forced upon me. It didn't work out. I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> and There's nothing wrong with being a lesbian. No, it's fabulous. Sometimes I think it will be much, much more convenient. easier, much easier. We talk about that all the time. be yes, exactly. so much more convenient for us. Sharing clothes, the whole thing, but it is funny, like your parents' agenda, how it shapes you, whether you go in different directions or whether you like, how have you taken your experience when you parent your your kids? You have two girls,
1: two girls, seventeen months apart. They're right now eight and seven, and my kids are complete opposite. So I don't know, like about your you know your families, but that's hard. I wasn't expecting to have two kids. Like my older daughter, she's like Kate Middleton, and the younger ones like Big Ange. You know, it's like (laughs) it's like really like I wasn't expecting that, but I. Um, My ex and I, we co-parent very healthy. You know, we had a very healthy divorce, amic- friendly divorce, amicable divorce. If you could even say that. Like my mother will sometimes say to me, you talk to your ex all the time. Why'd you even get divorced? You know, because it's like this is this is 2023, Ma. You know, this is what people do. Yeah, this is the
0: way it's done. We're yeah. not, like, I'm not
1: going to like say you're dead to me, to my ex. Like no. I would never do that to my kid. All that, But uh, I my ex, and we are very well, you know, we parent sensitively, you know, like we, we, we nurture whatever they're. There are things that they're, you know, like my younger daughter, she likes to dance and sing. And the other one, she's much more like quiet and reads and she's interest almost interested in like engineering-y sort techie kind of thing. You know, we we are really hands-on. Whatever they say, we're like, that's okay. You know, it's I'm almost I feel like if I ever picture myself as a mother, like if I see on the outside looking at I almost annoy myself. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. I'm like, I I don't coddle them, but I will not ever say to my kids like, you shouldn't do that or like, oh, like, you know, like I, you know, I don't hit, I don't know no. names. You know, it's a very, it's a very different kind of parenting. We're involved, very involved with the kids, you know. I mean, yeah. I have a nanny because I need to say sane, but you know, that's yeah, yeah, of a course. given. There's
0: nothing the, like <laughs> yeah. I had full-time help. My kid was away at college. I, I didn't get rid of the full-time help. I had live Right, right. I was yeah. like, I needed it then. By that right, point, yeah. I needed my own nanny. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. you need if you wanna I think whether you're working in the corporate world or you're you're chasing a dream, or if you're busy doing whatever you do, even if you're doing philanthropic work, you need to have help. You need to to outsource some of these tasks. Like, I, I'm not saying raising your child, but just yeah. other things around other the house. Things. So you can you know, be with your kid. Of it's course. like the nanny
0: helps you do, if you can afford it or do anything else, it, it's very, very, you know, important to and, do all those things. And
1: listen, I got news for you. I mean, I don't know how it is in Jersey, but in Manhattan, a nanny is cheaper than, you know, a lot a of babysitting a services. Babysitter. No, it well, is yeah. that way
0: in New Jersey as well. And even
1: when the kids were younger, like daycare, Oh my god! Daycare was like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars a year. I was,
2: yeah, yeah. I was like, you kidding me? Like, you know, the, yeah. It, double it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Oh god, it's crazy. Oh, god. It's crazy. Oh, my god, it's my, crazy. Son, my son's still in daycare because he's four. We, are, I feel like I'm. I don't know. I feel like I might be fucking over here and I because we we're alone together. Yeah. we're like a married couple. We fight like crazy. I'll say. So it, my son is not British at all. He's like he says tomato vitamin. Banana, but he says, to Me, Are you fucking kidding me, mom? Oh my god. Like, yeah. Like Stop. he's like a little angry guy. We were in the city the other day. My aunt lives on the <laughs> upper an east side, day. and we're on the city and cross. She goes, Are you kidding me? Hurry up, get out of the light. The light is white. And I'm like, Who did I raise? This little angry, like crazy four-year-old New Yorker. It's bizarre to me. Like, does he does he have his father's person? Like, where did this
0: personality come I from? I think because he goes in the in the car with her ex Brian. Me, you think because of me? That's how I act. Oh my this god! One? Stop it! What? Stop what? it! This one on the phone.
2: Harold, are you kidding me? Are you telling me? Oh my He's like Minnie March. Well, they're like little sponges, you know. It's true. They're little sponges. It's true. You know. Yeah, the pool is being done, right? The pool guys come every day. Okay. Nino, because I'm living in the carriage house at Marge's because I'm getting divorced. Oh my God. So I Nino comes out of the carriage house in the morning and he goes, Where's the pool guys? You should call the pool guys. Why are the pool guys? I know, because that's
0: me screaming, Where's the pool guys? Oh I know it is God. true. It's true. Oh I, may, I might be a naughty influence.
2: This is the March. He's a mini
1: March. I mean, listen, if he has that kind of personality, you should get him in like voiceovers, boss baby, part three. I mean, I that's, know. That's he's like, he's like little Marge Jr. He really yeah. think. So
0: Elise, what would you tell? somebody else who's like a budding comedian or just somebody who feels they want to do their passion? Like because we ask people three questions, you know, what would you tell somebody who who's looking to start their career?
1: I would just say if you want to do, you know, your passion, I would just say just do it, you know, and also don't beat yourself up if you try something and you fail at it. You know, when I was at one of my jobs, I would say maybe it was like 10 years ago, we needed to have some video content, right? Whatever. And they asked me to interview these CEOs and founders of tech companies. Don't ask. So I did it. And the CEOs, one of the things that they always said to me, I'll never forget. They said, you know how many businesses I started and, and they they failed or they crumpled before the, the the next one was a success? Sometimes, you know, you do 100 tries and it's your 101st, try, you know, 101st that winds up hitting. So I think like just do it and don't be scared of failing and don't give a shit what anybody thinks about you, you know? And that's like, I think, I, I would say that for for passion projects, but in terms of corporate world, I think if you are like me from a blue collar, middle class background and you want to have you know, you want to be the next Sheryl Sandberg or you want to be a C-level executive at, at, in a financial front, whatever, I think you just you know, need to to. Not care what anybody thinks and just give it a go and work hard and work scrappy. Like right now, we live in such a global co- culture, and it's you're no longer competing with like the kid that went to Boston College. You're competing with the kid that went to Boston College, and then like 36 other kids that are coming from Asia. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. you have to just go for it, go for it. And I think like it doesn't matter where you come from. You know that that was that that's probably like a big thing. I think going into the corporate world that I was self conscious about. I'll never forget. I was in the lobby. There was a Starbucks, right? At one of the firms I worked for. All the my colleagues were getting a coffee. We always get coffee, afternoon coffee. And we're getting a cup of coffee. And they're all talking about how their parents invested their childhood money. Right? They were like, one guy was like, oh, I my, my mother invested $100,000 of my childhood money in mutual funds. And I remember standing there feeling like, what the hell is he talking about? And so I turned to him and I was like, Yeah, my mother invested my confirmation money (laughs) in an above ground pool. Like, you know what I'm saying? I love it. Like I I think no matter what your socioeconomic status is, what your background is, whatever shit you went through, like you could make it. You could be the next five jobs if that's what you want to be. And don't let anybody
0: tell you no, you know? I'm i I'm with you. Right. T- tell me, what do you feel is your big girl panty moment where you're like, shit, I got to sink or swim, pull up my big girl pants.
1: I think that the big girl pants was trying stand up. I mean, you know, like I always when I was young, I loved Don Rickles. I loved Joan Rivers. I always used to watch the late night comics. I you know, I, like I watched, like I said, all the musicals. I loved big performers, big, you know, big outlandish. Shit. I have an obsession with drag queens. Like I literally. Oh, like, my I, God. Us okay. too. Like, lo- like, lo- like, that. are they not like they're amazed. They were the picture of beauty to me when I was a kid, really. Same today, like they said,
0: same same. I die. N- same now, thing. now
1: it's so funny. Now, like everybody's like into drag queens, and there's like RuPaul's drag queens, but drag race. But when I was growing up, it was like Head of Lettuce and RuPaul. And I couldn't get enough of those people. Me or, like, too. The New York City Club Kids, Amanda Lepore, yeah, Lady. I know. Fags. I was
0: with on stage with Amanda Lepore. I almost died. Yeah, like
1: ama- like amazing, right? These iconic characters. I loved all that it was just about doing it i always felt like i had this big this big drag queen living inside this big performer you know and i always wanted to do it but every time i thought oh maybe i'll go stick my toe in i never i, I was like ah eh, no now is not the right time and eh, maybe later maybe later And it took like a breaking point for me. It took the problems of my marriage. It took this corporate burnout, working 14 hour days. It took being a a, a mom, you know, a young mom of two to just be like, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm just going to go on stage, vent and see how it goes because I don't want to be 80 years old and be saying, oh my God, my dreams are now my regrets. You know, you want to make sure like you actually do every single thing. So that was the big girl pantsy moment. It was like, Put them on and get the hell out and see what happens. And if you if you flop, you flop like big deal, you know, but you if, but you won't know because maybe you won't flop. Maybe you'll soar, you know, yes. and that was
2: that. Yes, was the I thing. agree. I agree. Yeah. What do you credit your success to? I like guess as far as personality traits go. So we'll always say like Marge is 50 percent determined to 50 percent delusion. How do you think you stack up? First of all, I'm an open book, right? Like I'm an open book. I have a
1: podcast, Crazy Effing Mommy. might be changing the name. So, you know, whatever. It, it, I have a podcast and I it's just it's a weekly podcast. And I just talk about what it's like being a working stand up comedian as a mo- single mom raising the two kids, just like a slice of life. I share everything. I put it all out there. The other thing that I think that's um personality traits is I'm. Um, I'm relatable, you know, like I am the first like I I told you this gorgeous leopard silk dress. It's my grandmother's like, you know, these these leggings, I think I probably got them at Walmart like I I could care less, you know, like I, I have no I don't care. You know, I'll shop at the thrift store and then I'll go into, you know, the Gucci store. I think just being totally like relatable, like I'm just a regular girl like I'm there's no pretense, like there's no you know, putting on, you know, like being affected, you know, like I carry a sports sack handbag, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I just don't like, I don't care. I schlep around my hair in a high side pony. I'm just like a regular, I think that's like, just, I'm I'm just relatable, you know? Like, yeah, like that's a personality trait. But if you have to say like, I think I'm very determined, obviously too. Yes. And delusional. I don't know if I'm delusional. I'm more just like, I just think like we can all do whatever we want to do. So that's I'm just like a kind of delusion. Yeah, yeah. like I think yeah. like, why not? Like if you said, oh, my God, I'm going to like build a skyscraper. I'd be like, you want an investment? Like, I'd yeah, be yeah like, exactly. I'm why, why not? Exactly. Right, why right. not? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Right. You know, even though we're wrapping up, I want to ask you something. I think the world has gotten very politically correct. And I think that's hurt comedy. Yeah. Mm. And what do you think of that? Because that bothers me. I feel like everybody's so sensitive. You can't say this. You can't say that. People are getting canceled. And because you're a comedian. I think that's a problem. You know, I say things and people are like, that's offensive, that's this. And what are we doing about like, this? Like, literally, everybody needs to just get the F over it. Like, yes. okay, so Judy
1: Gold, very funny company. I love, I mother, know she, Judy yes. Gold. She, she yes. wrote, she, gave, I got, I have some really nice quotes on the back of my book. She read my book, she loved it. She wrote a book, I think a couple of years ago and it was called, it's something called like, yes, I can say that or something. Anyway, and it's this, This that's the topic of the book. It's basically how comedians or have their backs against the wall. Anything we're going to say, we're going to get canceled, right? I think it's so ridiculous. I think people like I mentioned, Don Rickles, you know, the Joan Rivers, the, they would never even be able to work today. No, they, no, no. They, Joan
0: Rivers, and, I and you no. know she's my icon, my favorite right. like idol. I'd live for Joan Rivers.
1: And by the way, if you really want to that's Joan Don Rickles was on the this Carson show with Frank Sinatra. You got to YouTube. Anybody listening, You got to YouTube this clip. It's the funniest clip. But he, you know, he puts on this Italian accent, you know, Don Rickles uh, busting, you know, Sinatra's balls about being Italian and mobs and whack and this. It's so fun. And if he was on stage today saying that, you know, like people would be like, this guy's a racist. He's a xenophobe. I, I think that like it's so ridiculous. I hope we get back to a place where we could just talk about whatever. Like for comedians specifically, when you go in a comedy club you want to laugh you want to let your hair down nobody who needs to be lectured about the woke this and woke that. you know what i'm um, saying? I'm with you yeah. I,
0: I think humor is what takes the edge off of things there's oh. life is very difficult so hard I, you know there's people there's humor and death at funerals At this is that you have to be able to lighten up a situation that's how people deal with tragedy yeah you know yeah. humor is the best medicine for so many things and that we're taking that away Breaks my heart. It's it's making life more difficult. And let me yeah. tell you
1: something. Speaking of death, and try. I did a funeral. Pa- I did a funeral parlor show during the pandemic. Can you imagine the the funeral parlor in my neighborhood? They they felt like everything was so hard with the pandemic, and they were still having to obviously do funeral. They had comedians come in. I produced a show there to make people laugh. Amazing. Live. That's but, brilliant. Isn't that fabulous? But the other thing that you say, I agree with you. You know, like the other day, I'm at the supermarket. I was buying broccoli crowns. You know how much I paid for broccoli crowns eight dollars a pound. I, talk about life being hard. Life is not only hard, and 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 so everything's so political and 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 high. You know, high. You know, tight, angsty. The prices of everything are crazy. Like families can't even afford to like cook normal meals for their kids anymore. The 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 mortgage rates are ridiculous six percent. It's yeah. like oh my god, like. Yes, we need to just lay off and be at comedy clubs and like just like, I let loose. I know. It's and true. everybody walks around, you know, they are all so sensitive these days, especially like the younger kids.
2: I mean, I hate to say that. I know, but it's I like, hate oh, no, no, that. Everybody's so
0: sensitive. fucking sensitive, I can't handle Listen, it. Listen, don't
2: worry, the Dalai Lama's gonna be canceled and comedy will be back well, on track. Dalai he's 87, Dalai Lama, is 87. Who would have thought the Dalai Lama would ask a kid to suck his tongue and get canceled? I mean, it's like the, the Dalai world Dalai Lama, like, downward yeah.
1: spiral, you heard? Da- um, I, I actually didn't hear. I try to not watch the news so much. I mean, I know that sounds Terrible. You know Me what? Either. It's every, every time I watch the news, he's
2: eighty-seven. I'll... I think he had, I think he's dementia. I I honestly think it's hilarious. I think it's like if if there's a day where the Dalai Lama could be cancelled like you know, yeah like isn't bit, that a sad thing like, it's hilarious well listen
0: he he asked the little boy to kiss it was the little boy a little, little boy girl. to suck his tongue but also it, it was, little was a boy to weird suck weird thing his tongue. I don't know what
2: happened and t- okay, okay that's Tibetan, what sounds weird I don't know is that a Tibetan a, it, okay. no, it no but I
0: Tibetan feel like maybe that things next a thing. person maybe he was making that little kid the Dalai Lama next to oh, yeah. passing his powers over that's what I said <laughs> because yeah giving him the Dalai Lama energy Dalai Lama energy and I also feel like no it's creepy it's disgusting everybody was watching it. But the other thing is Dalai Lama is 87. He's has to be losing uh, his marbles. 87 i yeah. I'm not giving him a pass. It's a creepy bullshit thing. I but the guy hilarious. must be losing his marbles. Yeah, I agree. He's and 87.
1: It, people
2: are holding. I mean, I mean people I, are shitting
0: their pants at 87. Yeah. And you're wearing diapers. I, yeah, agree. I, mean, I agree. But yeah, I mean, but, I won't be. But
2: also it's <laughs> weird because like it's kind of like that it's the Dalai Lama. So maybe the kid's parents will like go lick him quick. Yeah, but you, like, know, but you don't know. Yeah, you're right. No, you're yeah. right. And okay. let me tell you something. The last
1: time I put on the news, which was like last week, I'm so embarrassed to say this. I don't care. Is that, the, I, you know, I I was I heard the uh, the church thing, you know, in Maryland with the and I'm just like, you know, what, I'm done every time I turn on the goddamn news. It's it's horror, shock, depression. It yeah. doesn't make you me happy. Right? You no. know, priests,
0: the, I'll tell you what's going on in the church. People in the church should be allowed to get married. These people are freaks. I agree. They're I, deprived. I, hey. Everybody should be allowed to get married. Everybody should be allowed to have sex. People are deprived. You go fucking crazy. There has to be some kind of a proof that if you don't have sex, you, you go mentally insane.
1: Oh my God. I agree. And isn't it so I don't are you? Is that girls, what's happening to me? Were you <laughs> is that what's happening you, you know, to me? Were you girls raised like Catholic or anything? Catholic. I, me too. Raised Catholic. And we went to pre Cana, you know, before we got married. I, mean, yeah, I didn't I, do that. I married a Jew the first well, time. Well, I married a guy who was an atheist, but he lied to the priest, to the priest so we can get married in church. He was sweet. I felt like that was romantic, he not lie. psychotic. Nice. This guy this yeah.
0: Paul, not such a big guy.
1: No, he, he I call him Paulie the tooth, you know. He's got the veneers but you pull the tooth he's a nice guy pull well, the thing,
0: tooth i got the i well, love the veneers your but, teeth are very nice no veneers no veneers braces twice but Beautiful. the thing is like
1: i agree with you because when i did pre-cana i said to my mother why am i going to pre-cana listening to a priest who's never been married before giving me advice about how to be married Is yeah. that not? and god knows he's yeah, having sex true.
0: with someone if he's not banging Psycho. the nuns we know what he was doing yeah oh my god it's so funny true You got yeah sorry. Two points.
2: it's true <laughs> i said take the drag queens out of the libraries and put them in the clergy that would be a much better place to be. I'd yeah. take advice from a drag queen exactly. over a priest any day. I, I know. And I'm not trying to trash the priest. Point. Now, Everybody no, don't no. fucking start complaining to me. Okay? Oh, people are going to no. complain Listen, about anything. I love so. my
0: priest, Father Horvath, at Our Lady of Hungary. He was a doll. Very sweet. When I went to confession, he knew I was making up my sins because I really didn't do anything wrong. I mean, in second grade, if I'm saying I'm gluttonous when I weighed like 42 pounds, he knew I was lying. He gave me one Hail Mary and booted me out of the confessional.
1: Wait, do you remember? Like, I right? I'm I going shit. to confession. Do you remember? I used to write the act of contrition on my hands because who remembers that at like 10 years old? Do you remember? Like you sit in it. Did you have yeah, to do what that? Was the act of contrition. Oh, my God. I'm hotly sorry. Yeah, oh, my God.
0: I mean, come on. I know. I like, didn't even oh, What you do wrong in the second grade that you have to repent.
2: Well, I'm doomed. I took Nino to mass this Christmas and it was like really one of the first times he's ever been in a church. Did he's he like not it? even baptized. I'm like, my mother-in-law hates me. I you. I'm going to dunk him in my new tub. Oh, we could do that. We could do it in the pool. Oh, well, but, sounds, um, That's a good idea. That's pool. what we should we'll do. do. Let's do, do a yeah, baptism. Yeah, we could do that in the pool, but I took him to church and first of all, it was hilarious. It was Christmas mass. So it goes on for a million years yeah. and the priest brings all the kids up to the front and he says here in the Catholic church, we love children. I'm kicking my ex-husband under the thing. I'm like, yeah, you do. I was <laughs> oh, crying and laughing. Oh, it was he goes, there's oh, a place God. for you in in this Catholic church. I'm like, yes, yeah, right under his robe. Oh my God. It was absolutely hilarious. Anyway. They do this long winded thing. Nino comes back to the seat and then he won't behave. And I said, mm. listen to me, you've got to behave. And there's a little old lady right in front of us. And Nino's standing on that kneeling thing. So he's at ear height of this little of this little old lady. And I go, Jesus wants you to behave. And he goes, yeah, Jesus can suck my fucking butthole. I was like, oh, my God, we're oh going to catch God. on fire right in this chair. This little old lady almost about had a heart attack. Like, we're all going to hell in my family. Oh my like, I, he, I he, mean, he, he, he in a handbag. <laughs>
0: By the way, I just want to clarify this. He did not get that from me. No. <laughs> that part. No, the, the, maybe. Sucking the but- no, holes, that maybe, got from yeah, suck in the butthole. We <laughs> don't do have, that around that's here. That's obviously <laughs> at Alexi's side of the family. <laughs> okay? I'll just say that. All right. With that, we'll wrap up. Everybody, uh, Elise. Elise DeLucci. Where could everyone find you?
1: Follow me on Instagram at Elise DeLucci. You can find me on TikTok at Elise DeLucci. I have my podcast. It's currently called Crazy Effing Mommy. We are changing the name to Elise DeLucci's New York Talk. But if you follow me on Insta, you'll get the uh, updates. But the book is out on Amazon. So pick yourself up a copy and do me Wise a favor. Wise Le- Girl. Leave a Wise review. Girl. I Wise love Girl. Wise it. Girl. It's called
0: Wise Girl. Everybody, Thank you she for is- having me. Yes. Thanks for Thank coming. You for she coming. Coming. is adorable, funny. She wears leopard. You guys. I'm obsessed with Elise DeLucci. So please follow her. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you love the
2: podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at
0: Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers.